Alright. Hi, I'm Claire, and I thought Yakuza was the name of the main character of the game. And I'm Isaac, and my Dark Souls PB is three hours. And this is Make, Make That, that game. game! Where we pitch the latest <laughs> and greatest new video game ideas that will never be made. So we like to start off with some things that we've been up to in the gaming universe. Isaac, what have you been doing? So I have not been playing games at all, actually. Like for the last week, I've been obsessed with AGDQ. And fun fact, my notes have it as ADGQ. Mm-hmm. But it's for the, also- Oh, I was going to say for the listeners at home who align more to my side of experience with video games, what is AGDQ? AGDQ is Awesome Games Done Quick. It's a yearly charity speed run marathon uh, for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Uh, I think AGDQ is Prevent Cancer, and I think that they do another marathon, Summer Games Done Quick. Summer Dames Gun Quick. That's what that's what SDQG. Moving on. So it's. For charity, they do a week-long marathon of speed runs, just constantly going. Uh, people playing games as quickly as possible, showcasing either excellent top-tier gameplay or exploits of glitches that let you skip sections or do things obnoxiously fast, uh, much to many developers' chagrin and to the support of some developers and it's just a week-long party filled with donations and destroying games and hopefully one day cancer and i for the past few years ever since i found out about it i've basically watched every single agdq and sgdq so that's awesome games done quick in the winter and then summer games done quick in the summer um and yeah, that's that's the best that's the best two weeks of every year. I'm sure there's other <laughs> things that like are pretty good, but like look forward to it every year. <laughs> Great. And how about how about you? How what's what's your latest gaming endeavors? Well, so I mentioned last week that I was playing Oxen Free, and I haven't played it again because I'm so close to the end, and it's so nice, and I don't want it to end like a like a good book, like a cozy book. I'm not ready for it to end, so hopefully I'll actually finish that game. Um, I've also been really into Happy Home Paradise on Animal Crossing. I unlocked designing second floors as well as um, roommates, so I've been experimenting with making roommate pairs and adding second floors, which is both fun and also a lot more work, but I did get a raise, so again sometimes a little too much like a job but you know there's benefits that come with that so uh including ordering um so you can if you don't know a lot about happy home paradise it's a dlc of animal crossing and there's some new items you can get through it and now that i have reached a high enough designer tier i can order items from the dlc to go to my island so that i can use them in my home on my island so Mm kind of being able to use the perks across the game is, is starting to happen. So that's been fun. Nice. So, yeah. so have you bought a lot of new fun stuff or is it mostly old stuff or how, how interesting are all the new items that you have access to? Like, do you have a huge stockpile? And So I only discovered that I have access yesterday, I think. So have <laughs> you only... only had access since yesterday or no, so I had access time? for like at least two weeks now, but I thought <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know it was gonna be literally everything I have ever used in that game. I thought it would just be stuff that was available in the store. So oh, wow. Um so I didn't know how amazing it was until yesterday. And I you can only order five things per day. So I did order, I think what I'm most excited about is the ceiling items because those are new with the new update. So I ordered a disco ball. I ordered like a wooden ceiling lamp. 
Does the disco um, ball like light up and sparkle across the room or is it? I have never placed it in a room, so I don't know. Ooh, got to figure it out. Yeah, gotta but see I'm that. hoping. I ordered two. I ordered a silver and a rainbow. Oh, oh. different. Mm -hmm. So it's customizable. Yeah. Are those the only two options or? No, there were six options. Oh boy. Yep. I didn't even know you could make that many kinds of disco balls. I didn't know either. So yeah, so that's been fun. And I think. I think I said yesterday that I am now basically just playing Animal Crossing for Happy Home Paradise. So quickly moving on into our next segment. That was our latest gaming endeavor. So next segment is our honks and bonks of the week. The this is where we'll talk about games that we've been thinking about and we'll give it a honk for where it needs where it deserves commendation, deserves recognition, something it does good. And we'll give it a bonk with something it does bad. So good. I I guess I'll no, I started last segment, so you can start this one. <laughs> what's what's your what's your honk and bonk? Okay, so I'm gonna talk about oxen free because I am playing that actively. Um, so oxen free to give a, a brief outline. I forget how much I talked about it last week, but it is a group of friends get stuck on a haunted island and they have to figure out the haunting in order to escape. Um, and what I like, one of the honks is that it is, um, the haunting style is through a radio. So it kind of reminds me of, and Isaac and I both like ghost hunting in general. So Oh, what is it called? EVPs. You, yes, EVPs. Electronic voice phenomena. So when you scan through a radio quickly and, and it creates voices. And I'm pretty sure that's what inspired this mechanic. Oh, um, that's actually, so EVPs is different. That's like something that you only hear on playback. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is like when you, basically, whatever it is I'm talking about is you can program a radio or there's also apps that just do this. Um, to scan through channels very quickly. And the idea is that any entity in the area will make certain words able to be heard, whatever the hearing version is of legible, okay. <laughs> so that it will create a sentence. Um, like a Transformers Bumblebee. Sure. In the first Michael Bay Transformer. Okay. Nope. Lost you on that one. And this, okay. We'll talk about that. Like, okay. <laughs> we got to watch the Michael Bay Transformers uh -huh. movies. Well, I've seen the first one, but it was a long, long, long time ago. Okay. Well, we'll watch it again. We'll give a, a full rewatch. Okay. You'll, you'll see, you'll see Transformer right. Heaven. Okay. What? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. So anyway, so part of the game is you have a radio and you scroll through it, uh, scroll the channels to see if you can hear entities or sometimes release spirits there's that's also how you find the collectibles in the game so they're called oh what are they called i don't remember oh well they, they have a i forget what the name of the collectibles called but basically if you're in a spot and you scan you can find on certain channels um, little bits of audio that are really spooky and those are the collectibles so i think that's kind of a neat way to do that um for the game. So I really, really like the mechanic of scanning through the radio. It's very easy to do also, and it's just like satisfying. Um, and they also have, they put in like little just random stations too that are telling stories or music that aren't related to the game. So that's kind of fun. Um, I also really like for a honk, the perspective that you play as. I don't think this is unique to Oxenfree necessarily, but you're pretty far away from the game. Um, and it almost looks like a tiny dollhouse. The way that the characters move, you, you can't really see their faces. <laughs> What's up? Of, of course you like the dollhouse <laughs> perspective. Yes, yes. So it, <laughs> I guess since it's outside, it's more like a diorama, but it feels like a diorama, which I think is a really fun way um, to play. And it doesn't make me nauseous, which is always a plus when it comes to new games. So does it look like dollhouse stuff? Like, does it have like a miniaturized kind of quality to it or is it just the the distance that it is out reminds you of a doll like do you think that there's any intentional parallel to dollhouse i don't think there's necessarily intentional parallel but i do think the people have a miniaturized quality and i think it might just be because they don't have very many details okay which is like you know when you see a very small person often you can't make like incredibly detailed facial features or things like that uh, okay, says you okay. as somebody who paints miniature Fair. faces they put way too much detail they put way more than they need to and yeah oh geez fair fair but yeah i mean it just looks it looks pretty it looks nice it's fun to look at 
Um, it's definitely a good cozy mystery game. It's much too short though. That's not really a bonk. I think this, I think the length is fine for the story it's telling. I just will miss it. Um, the bonks, however, the biggest bonk, and you have heard this bonk from the other room when I play this, is the <laughs> dialogue slash sound design is super bad. So first the background music when there is background music is like the same level of volume as the dialogue. Oh so, no. Yeah, so when people are talking, and there's music playing, it's just the same. Like everything is happening at the same time, um, which is already difficult. But also, so they have, you play as one character and you get to respond to other characters talking to you. Much like if anyone's played Life is Strange where you'll pick dialogue responses that could affect the way that characters behave or think about you or whatever. The story progresses, all those kinds of things. You don't have to pick in this necessarily every time. Sometimes the choices will disappear if you don't pick quick enough, which is also, I think happens in Life is Strange as well. Um, so that's not weird. The weird part is that people will continue to talk around you as this dialogue choice is shown. So like the conversation continues. When you do pick, sometimes you'll just blurt that out, even if other people are literally still talking. So there's a lot of <laughs> weird random dialogue overlap that ends up happening and I'm not really sure if it's like I'm playing it wrong or if this is just a big design flaw or a combo of both and then sometimes I feel like I've missed out on dialogue because maybe I clicked too early and someone was still talking about like their tragic backstory like this has literally happened so that and then you just start talking over them and yeah, like oh and well I, no I'll bring that up later yeah, right and then fine. I never go back so <laughs> it's um that part's really weird. That's the biggest bonk for me. Um, I also, and this is probably just, you know, if I play it again, I'll get to know it better, but it is a little unclear how free, free explore the world is. So what I mean by that is like, so life is strange. It took me a little bit to get used to the fact that like, there's no time limit, if that makes sense. Like I can explore a room for as long as I want to, whereas there's some games where like, you have to do something in a certain time. Right. And I haven't really figured that out with this one yet. Like, I can't tell, am I wasting time? Do I need to go back to, like, I don't know if, if I complete this, will I not be able to go back to somewhere? Like, I can't really figure that out. So I'm a little on edge as far as like, I don't want to miss things, but I also don't want to like ruin something. Yeah, oh, I, I feel you with that one. Um, if the game doesn't forecast well enough that like, this is not a time segment and I feel like a lot of games are like, oh, we got to get going. We got to do this. And then actually gives you infinite time. It right. never sets a timer anywhere. And Life is Strange did that. But I got, but like you said, it let me know. Like I kind of got the hang of, okay, wait, but that's actually not real. Yeah. Like less than halfway through playing the first game. Um, whereas this like, one, I'm almost do, done and I'm still not quite sure. <laughs> do characters in Life is Strange like even... It's like, come on, we got to get going. Like, do they get annoyed with you if you spend too much time or do they? Only if you've found everything. So like it's happened where I've literally done everything in a room and I have whatever I need to like do the next step. And it'll be like, I think it's time to start heading to, you know, wherever, but it doesn't force you to go. So is that, is that your, your own character's inner dialogue? I'm asking like, so in Life is Strange 1, you're playing Max uh chloe's like let's go to the junkyard and you're in your room or something and you spend 15 minutes just clicking everything in your room is chloe in the background being like come on let's get to the junkyard i think it's actually happened both i think it, it's usually inner monologue but i think there has been instances like where they're like breakfast is on the table like let's go okay but Cause, of course cause when it's inner monologue that's just like a suggestion yeah like... but even when characters do it it's like that breakfast is not going to be gone when you go downstairs Fair. I'm just saying from like a design perspective, I think that there is a psychological difference as a yeah. player. Uh, another character telling you, come on, we got to get going versus I think there's a different psychological like imperative going on there to to bring it to to the, the topic of this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. podcast game design. You know, uh, I do. I'm just there's a difference. But I don't know what I'm uh, to sum it up. Geez, I've completely lost my train of thought. It's okay. But anyways, I think there's more pressure if another character is telling you to do something rather than your own character uh -huh. just musing to themselves. And I yeah. think that's something to keep in mind, potential game designers, when you're making <laughs> your own games. 
how important you want to make this demand, whether or not it actually it actually represents a timer, you you can still affect the dis, the the level of tension or stress involved with it by mm -hmm. dictating who says yeah something yeah awesome all right well those are my honks and bonks uh, Isaac what game did you pick to talk about today so I picked uh, No Man's Sky which is before so last week I talked about Witcher 3 because that was the game I was active play, actively playing and before Witcher 3 I think the game I most actively played was No Man's Sky uh, technically, I'd say I, I was playing Yakuza a lot. Yakuza, for, for those who don't know me, one of my favorite game series. I have nothing but honks to say about Yakuza. There are no bonks in Yakuza. but that's So that's bad for this segment. But No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is a game that I have honks and bonks for. So first honk, first, first thing to commend here is the transition from being on a planet and going into space or being in space going to a planet or going to a spaceship it's like completely seamless there's no load screens there's not even like a little bit of a stutter 99% of the time when i'm playing and it just it makes the game feel vast it feels like you're actually going from a planet into space if if the load screen was there you'd be like okay i went from one level to another level if there was like even a little bit of stutter you'd be like oh the game is loading the next area and it has unloaded the previous area the only time that there's any level of like the dissonance of like i'm exploring space is sometimes when you're approaching a planet you can get closer faster than it can load the detailed terrain and let's see if i can try to make sense of this um so as you're like as you're flying towards a planet through space, like from a distance, it might look just like a red planet, like Mars. And then as you get closer, you see like the wrinkles of mountains on the surface. And then as you get closer, like obviously you you pick up more and more detail, mm -hmm. but you might get to like the detail level where you start should start to see trees, but you're still seeing the detail level of just wrinkles on the surface. And then suddenly the planet fully loads in mm -hmm. and then all the trees pop into existence at once. <laughs> like that's the really the only time in these transitions that I've ever felt like my immersion being broken. Wow, that's awesome. Now, for people who don't know this game, can you give us like a two second summary of what, what you're doing here? Oh, right. So uh, No Man's Sky is basically just a space exploration game. So it's an open world game. You kind of do what you want in it. Um, it starts off, it's got like a story mode where you start off, you've crashed on a planet i have not actually followed the story too much from what i've gathered you crash on a planet and you're like a special race or type of entity that has the ability to travel between dimensions or something and the story is you kind of overcoming amnesia and meeting other people with this special power um wow. I didn't know about the amnesia part. That's kind of cool. I've only watched you play every, like in little bits. It's a very pretty looking game. Yeah. I mean, 99% of it is just zapping lasers at rocks to collect carbon and uh, silicon powder. So, <laughs> uh, which brings me into my next kind of point. I kind of touched on it. So my other honk is it has a vast amount of different things that you can do. You can do crafting. You can just explore both on planets and in space. Like, they generate caves and they generate different biomes and they generate animals for you to encounter and you can fight those animals and you can tame them and breed them, ride them around, milk them, cook. What? I'm sorry, you can milk them? Yeah, if you feed a wild animal, it will give you an option to then collect some kind of resource for it. Like with mammals, you collect milk with slimes you collect ooze oh, uh, mm -hmm. with birds you i'm not sure if there's actually birds in the game there's creatures with beaks but there's there's some things that drop eggs and okay. i think bugs drop eggs too but okay. or not drop but like you collect it from them and then you know you can specifically tame them and add them to your uh, registry which lets you breed them there's bases that you can build so you can collect the resources to build like walls and power systems and teleporters and cargo, 
all kinds of like doodads to customize your base and you can do some really incredible building with that. You can manage a space fleet of traders and send them off on missions and they get resources for you. You can manage a settlement, which will, once you get out of the settlement's debt, you protect it from enemies and they continuously build resources for you because the settlement will like be mining one thing and be building another thing. As far as I can tell, you only get two resources from it. So my point is vast amount of different things to do, but this leads directly into my bonk is every single one of those things is extremely shallow. Like I would say that this game is very wide, but also very shallow. So what do you mean by shallow? So once you've done it a few times, it's the, the, the actual gameplay loop there is not super satisfying to do more than a few things, Mm. a few times. So like managing a freighter, you go in, you read the mission description you go, okay, I'm going to send this one sounds like a trading or a mining mission. I'm going to send my trading vessel and my battle vessel to escort it in case pirates attack it. And then you come back 24 hours later. There's nothing you actively do with it. You just come back 24 hours later and the captains give you a little log of how that mission went and give you the resources that you've earned for it. Uh, when you build a base, like you can build a fancy base. That's kind of the most make of it what you will you can either do something very basic like one building and put your teleporter and there you go there's your base or you can build these very intricate things Uh, it's like animal crossing where you can like put a chair put a chair and a table down and like that's the house or you can build a beautiful house Mm -hmm. um settlements is like every six hours enemies will attack and every eight hours you'll civilians will have a dispute and you'll have to say whether Bob or Ivan is guilty. And that doesn't really have a huge impact on anything. <laughs> like I had no the, idea that was even part of the game. Yeah, no, like they'll like somebody will come to your office and they'll be like, that guy's a spy. And he'll be like, I'm not a spy. I'm being accused for nothing. And then you have to decide who is right, but there's no like investigation aspect. There's no way for you to actually. Like the game, I don't think actually has anything behind it. It just randomly generates drama, okay, and gives you two options. But there, there is basically no right or wrong answer. There's nothing you do to like solve it, and that's what I mean by shallow. It's like at a, like at a surface. At the surface, it like yeah. looks pretty cool. Like, hey, there's stuff going on here. But then you, you step into it and you realize that this puddle is only two inches deep. This is. There's not a lot going on behind Mm -hmm. this. This is literally just a text prompt. Mm -hmm. So even though they have so many things for you to do, it's like once you do everything once, once you land on one planet of each biome and see how pretty that biome is, every volcanic planet is going to be pretty much the same. Once you've seen one, you've seen all of them. Like they do randomly generate plants, but you'll see like the different pieces. Mm -hmm. It, it'll be like, oh, yes, I recognize that this is going to be a mineral on a lava planet. And, oh, this animal is one of the randomly generated of, like, the the core body types. It's like, oh, you'll see a turtle with a beak and you'll see a turtle with a beaver tail. But it's the same basic body type. So everything gets kind of boring quickly. And really, when I was playing it, it was mostly like that addiction center of like, oh, in 24 hours, my settlement is going to have a new building I can build or my my space fleet will be back from their mission and I got to send them on another one. I'm beyond the point where I need to do anything. I have hit the point where I have survived the game and the only thing for me to really do is finish the story. Mm-hmm. So I have no real interest in returning it to it. So yes, the bond oh, wow. is very... <laughs> Shallow. Oh, well, that's why I haven't played it in like a month or two. So Yeah, I guess. Wow. That's a pretty significant bonk then. <laughs> I mean, it was fun for, for the time that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say what you're describing sounds a lot like how I felt about Animal Crossing before they released the Happy Home DLC. 
It just, I didn't oh. really feel like I had any reason to go back. And every time I played, it honestly felt like a chore. Like, oh my gosh, I have to do the daily thing because right. you do it every day, then you get the thing. And like you said, it's the reward center of your brain wanting you to do that. But at the same time, it nothing was really different or new. I mean, yeah, you could learn a new recipe, but I already had all the resources to make it, you know, it, what there wasn't right. a lot going on. And now at least I have a little, little spark, a little joy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's kind of the problem with a lot of these open world, especially like crafty buildy kind of games. You have to kind of make your own objective. Like in animal crossing, I kind of have the objective of making that little castle town. Right, like I right. have, I have the core of it, but until I find that storefront object, I have no real urge to get into, to start doing stuff again. But in order to find that storefront object uh, like piece, I have to log into the game every day at least to check it out. But I haven't done that in so long. I was going to so say, but you have not been been <laughs> But I've been watching AGDQ and playing Yakuza too. So there you go. Yeah, I ha I don't and I don't check the island store because for some reason it just does not interest me. <laughs> I like <laughs> never go into the the um, is that resident services building. Is that what that's called? I don't even know what that yes. building's called. Oh, yeah. like the the little ATM, the online store. Yeah, I like never. Well, I don't even go into the building where that the oh, ATM wow. is. Like it just doesn't doesn't wow. give me joy. Incredible. Yep. So we're gonna move on to our game pitch section where we've each prepared a game, um, a game pitch for a game that will never be made. And we don't see these beforehand. These are just things we've worked on individually over the past week. And the reactions uh, are real. The reactions are real. You're seeing it here. Well, you're not seeing anything, but you're hearing it here, folks, live. Anyway, <laughs> live and pre-recorded. Um, <laughs> so Isaac, what game are you bringing to our table today? All right. This game is called But I Digress. Oh, and... I already love it. <laughs> it I is a game it. about like getting a target into a conversation and then you info dump on them rapidly so that your partner can pickpocket them. This is amazing. So you start a conversation with them. <laughs> uh-huh. And then during that conversation, you like give your partner the signal. And then once, once you kind of get the feel out of your target, you just start info dumping on them and you hit them with like rapid fire facts and stuff so that they're distracted enough that they don't notice that they're getting pickpocketed. So basically the way that it's it, it's going to come out is I imagine that a lot of it is going to be like the dialogue options of most, like most games have the same dialogue system where they show the text and then they give you a couple options. So at first you kind of just casually are having a conversation with the person and maybe there's no interaction at this point, or maybe you can ask like, like leading questions to get to know, get, get to know the target so that you can pick what's going to keep their attention the best, or maybe something that, that will work as an info dump. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point in the conversation, and I, I I'm going to say in the, my image of this, there's kind of like a time limit where you can't just let your, your target drone on and on forever until you find out like literally everything about them and then skate through like there's there's going to be some level of time limit where you have to pickpocket them by so you can't just wait it out mm -hmm. but so at some point you decide all right i'm going to start my div diversion give your partner the signal and then instead of like having the normal conversation you cut them off you end the conversation kind of like oxen freestyle, I guess. <laughs> and you just have to as quickly as possible select options as fast as you can. So it'll give you like four options. Um, and then based on your knowledge of the target and on some part, your own as a player trivia knowledge, you have to pick the topics that your subject are going to find interesting because if they aren't interested in it, they're just going to kind of zone out and realize they're being pickpocketed or like they might look around or start fiddling or fidgeting and catch the pickpocket in the act. So you have to do something that's interesting to them and you have to make factual statements because if they recognize that you have just said something incorrect, they'll interrupt you. They'll stop your info dump and then ruin well, the distraction. I right? mean, would it though? Because I feel like it, 
they would can they be more engaged if they're actively participating actually right? that's kind <laughs> so, of a good point this might be like a strategic use thing like um yeah like oops oops i accidentally misnamed your favorite author yeah each character might have like a different style each character each target so like you could keep their attention you could you you could be info dumping but they might have like a meter where they're gonna zone out anyways like they only have so much of an attention right. span well, so I think even that's good. everyone has only so much of an attention span so that makes sense right so then you have to strategically drop incorrect statements to bring them out of getting like into the zone like stop them from getting zoned out to keep them engaged so that your partner can keep on the pickpocketing and then at the when you're done so once your partner has gotten like a gotten all the stuff that they can get and then like gotten a safe distance away then you bring the conversation back by saying but i digress you there's always like the but i digress option and go back into the original conversation and if you wait too long on that even if you've got their attention and you're keeping things factual slash you've done it strategically everyone has a limit of how long that's going to happen anyways like even if you play perfectly at some point they're going to kind of zone out and maybe feel their pockets or something and realize oh no my stuff mm -hmm. is missing what's going on here and you get a game over mm -hmm. um but once you say but i digress brings them back into the conversation and they keep talking about whatever they were talking <laughs> about and then nice. the last the last feature to finish this all off is i have an idea for a two-player mode where one player is the pickpocket oh, yep. and the other one is the distractor. That part has big goose game vibes. <laughs> Actually, big yeah. <laughs> goose game vibes. I like it. I like it a lot. So my other I have another question. What okay. is gonna what is this gonna look like? Because I'm half picturing like Oliver Twist, like, please sir, talk to me about the theater. But also it could just be a New York street. So I'm curious as to where you see like how the visuals are, where you see this time being set in time. So I haven't really thought about like a lot of that, but in my head, like thinking, thinking about it, my vision is just cubist paintings. Oh, for some wow, reason, okay. I see yeah. all these characters okay. as like being very cubist and it's supposed to be like silly and colorful uh i guess because it's cubist you can kind of get like a lot of expression and stuff going on uh that's just how i picture it but i don't have like a specific time frame because this is kind of this is this could happen anywhere anytime uh, this could be like you said oliver twistiness this could be modern new york uh it could be irrelevant yeah uh, it, it, it well, it especially if you're if you're using more impressionistic visuals, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe it is in modern day, and you are always at risk of getting interrupted by a cell phone or <laughs> something. Like they they might start checking their phone or something, and that adds some kind of gameplay level that some some layer of gameplay that I haven't fully thought out yet. But maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I love it. I, I would play this game. Too bad it'll never be made. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad. Darn it. <laughs> but uh, but I digress. What about your game? All right. So my game, you will not be surprised, uh, is the working title is B and B. Oh, okay. Cause it's um because it's dang it, I thought I was faster than this. I was gonna make like a dungeon dragons joke. Oh uh, yep. instead of saying uh, what it actually was. Okay, well now I want it to be because I had B ampersand B, but now it's B little N B. Like like <laughs> D and D. D and well, B. <laughs> D, D does go both ways. Does it? Yeah. I I, whenever I text it, it's D and D. Oh, okay. Well I have seen it both ways. Yeah, it's, so the B&B &B obviously stands for Bungeons and Baggins, and um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. So the reason I thought this was obvious to Isaac is because lately I've been a little obsessed with wanting to start like an inn, and I actually found an inn for sale in Vermont that's really well-priced, but obviously, well, not obviously, audience, you don't know me personally or my finances, but I cannot afford to purchase an inn at this time in my life. Um <laughs> so there's a peek behind the curtain but if this podcast goes wild if this yes. if this goes viral tell your friends share it out 
Get me you that in money. Give us those reviews <laughs> on whatever system you review podcasts on. And yeah, we'll buy yeah. an in to reproduce B and B in real life. Although real you life. haven't actually said yeah, what you the game is about. Well, so it literally is that. So and I'm sure <laughs> so here's the thing. So I know that there's hotel sim games out there because I've looked for them because I think I would enjoy it. However, I haven't found anything with every single element that I want, which is why I was like, I'm going to design the one that's exactly what I want. And a little background about me, my big gamer, uh, I guess, identity is through The Sims. Like The Sims is my game. I played that. That was probably the first game I really got into and played a lot. Um, Not so much after The Sims 2, but um, I do have three and four. It's just the magic is lost. That's for another day. I'll pick that for another day. But <laughs> that's that's a honk and bonk for the yeah, future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for the future. So a lot of this, but in the and in the Sims, and again, I mostly know Sims two. But in Sims two, you can run, you can run a hotel, kind of like you can build a hotel, you can employ people there, you can design it. Um, but it's not. There's no real business side to it. It's more about having your Sims be able to stay there later. Um, so this kind of combines like a roller coaster tycoon type game with the Sims type design elements with a little bit more um, some randomization elements. So let's dive in. So basically you get to pick two people who are going to buy a worn down old building that they're going to renovate into an inn. So the renovation is part of the game. Um, so this also comes from me watching a lot of home reno TikToks. So I have a question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you renovate as you make money or is no. there a expected level of you renovate first? No, you renovate first. So okay. you're going to have a budget. So here's, here's, here's that mechanic. This is actually more pretty like in depth now that I think about it. So when you, you get to select your two people, so you can make different combinations of people and each person you bring to the table will have different skills and different like benefits and downsides. So for example, like you might pick a rich banker because then you can buy a bigger property. So you'll start whatever two people you pick will define your starting budget for this project. But is this going to be like those memes of like, I'm a weekend beekeeper and I'm a community college janitor. Yes, basically. And our budget correct. is $4.6 million. Kind okay. of, but maybe a little more realistic, but kind of. Okay. Um, you know, and there'll be some backstory like, oh, my aunt just passed away and she left me like $1 million to invest however I want or whatever, you know. But you'll get to pick the two characters who are going to make it. They, they, you know, they can be in romantic relationship. They can be friendship. They can be siblings, whatever you want them to be. That's not that's not what this game is about. This game is not romance. <laughs> this is about making an end. And they're, are, they're already married. You don't have to worry about breaking up. Nope. Everything, no matter what, the two people are going to, you know, make their They're going to work it out. There's not so, yeah, gonna, so you like, don't have to manage their stress. So, for example, if you pick the rich banker, you might have a higher budget, but he might not have, like, woodworking skills. Um, you never know. So, so you have to hire a carpenter. Right. Or, you know, maybe you'll pick someone who's really into DIY and they can do a lot, but it might take more time. So these kinds of things factor in. You pick your people um, and then your inn is going to be randomly generated. So every time you play, there'll be a new inn. And what's going to be fun about that is like maybe there's ugly carpet from the 70s. Well, if you rip it up, it could reveal beautiful hardwood floors or it could reveal completely destroyed floors, destroyed from like glue and years of use. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know. would you be able to do a tester run or like would you be able to like remove carpet from one section see the condition of the floor no you have to oh geez you usually wouldn't be able you can't do more than you normally would to like view a house like I guess the house selection would be very much like a Zillow page and you look through pictures and you say I guess this one is good Oh boy. And they're not going to oh, be terribly expensive because you have to renovate them, right? So, right. yeah, uh, the, the expense is in the renovation. So you renovate it, you'll pick some themes for it. Like, is it going to be cozy, cat lady, chic, modern, you know? And that's going to also be determined by the location. You know, if you built an inn in Vermont that looked like incredibly modern and sleek, people probably don't want to go there because people travel to Vermont for the kind of farm, cozy ice cream, whatever. Yeah, the ice cream. The ice cream. Make a Ben and Jerry's themed in if you want. No. Um, Oh, that's where you were going with that one. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's lots (laughs) of dairy. Well, also, there's lots of dairy farms in Vermont. Is there? I don't know anything about Vermont, apparently. (laughs) Really? Well, 
you would if we built, bought the in there anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so there'd be other real world problems like pipes that don't work, um, windows that don't close, heat issues like we're experiencing in our own old yeah. home, um, <laughs> things like that. But of course, eventually you'll be able to open to the public and people can come stay. So once the rent, there's lots of different processes. And I kind of see how this could be a downside to the game because if people really like the design element, but they don't want to run the business, they might just like design a bunch of ins and then never run a business. Um, so you kind of want to, you kind of have to like both things, which is again, different from the Sims where I feel that allows you to just design things and then walk away. Like you could design a hundred homes and never play a Sim inside and that's fine. Um, whereas this, it's like, you can't really do that. Like it won't exist necessarily outside of a, like you wouldn't, like you have to bring it to life basically. Mm -hmm. um, so you'd have to hire people, you'll have guests, you can create guest services. So it's called B&B, &B, but it doesn't have to be a bed and breakfast, um, but you might choose to do that. So you'd have to have a cook and have like those permits and, um, you know, make your money back. There might be disgruntled customers and you'll just like, again, that this is when it kind of shifts into more of a tycoon style game and you'll just have to hopefully not go under and you can make renovations during it. So if people are complaining about noise, you might have to like reinforce some of the walls or soundproof some of the ceilings, right? So there's going to be like a continuing idea of renovation or maybe if you play long enough, now I'm just thinking about it, like times might change. Like what if you play for 10 years through the game? Oh. Styles are different. Like you might have to update um, your decor so or your activity list or things like that. So Or just change your marketing and be like, right. oh, look, we're rustic. Rustic nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's there's this game. Oh, and I looked it up recently. Today I just keep forgetting everything. I should have written this one down. It was on the Disney website in the early 2000s. And you got to make, or was it Nickelodeon? I think it was Disney. You basically got to make a business and you got to make the flyers. And you could either pick a pet grooming business or there were two other options. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember the pet grooming. Um, and it's so I want, I see it like that, the business side where it's kind of simplified, but also like you do, you get to pick the name, the branding, um, how much you spend on advertising, like that's going to all play into it. And that's it. That's B&B. &B. I, I say that's it, but I didn't realize until I started talking how in-depth this game really no, is. No, it's, I mean, it's a tycoon game, so they're going to have, they have a lot of little, little nitty gritty details. They're, they have a lot of planning that goes yeah. into them. I guess what I, what I miss from the tycoon games though, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't played that many, but is, is that element of like design. Like usually it's, it's, you're very far removed from the actual design. So I mostly played, like I've played Roller Coaster Tycoon, but I mostly played Mall Tycoon. And you can't zoom in to your mall. Like I can't, I can't design a store. I can't build, like, I can't add a little picture on the wall. You know what I mean? Mm, like yeah. that's what I miss from those games. So it's like those games plus the design, like the open world design of Sims, like merged, I guess. Okay. Well, I like it. And uh, so my only real experience with any modern tycoon game is Planet Zoo, which actually does give you a lot of, of options as far as like, zooming in so i don't like you can't go inside of a restroom or a, a yeah, food but... stand or anything but like you can you can make like a little area and it gives you like letters and portraits and like little tvs yeah. and stuff and you can you you can make so, yeah. a lot of that little stuff so yeah so it'd be similar to that yeah and if anyone wants to make that game like sign me up i'll beta test it i'm i want it so yeah, all right. That was our two pitches. That was that was the two games that we've designed this last week. And now we're going into the rapid fire session. We're gonna do this three times with three words. Um, we have to come up with the title, the featured mechanic, and kind of who, who our main character or what we're playing as, right? So that's really what we're looking for. All right, so I'm gonna generate the words and then I'll close it. <laughs> All right, and tell me when to when to start when you've got three words. Okay. Okay, go. Gone. The three words are cousin, horseshoe, killer. Okay, so 
in my childhood, I grew up, my uh, grandmother owned a horseshoe court that was right next to our house. So every family gathering, <laughs> me and my cousins would spend a lot of time hanging out on that horseshoe court. So I did this not is know actually... there was such a thing as a horseshoe court. There is. There I is. Know that. Wow. So anyways, this is a game. My idea for this game instantly, because I'm so closely connected to these three words somehow, yeah. is that you are children. This is like a kids on bikes kind of situation, like Stranger okay. Things, Nights on Bikes, you know, set in the 90s, because that's when I was growing up. Wow, this is a They're, really connected game. You You are a club that hangs out at the horseshoe courts there is a murder in your town and you have to find the killer before they strike again i i would play this this is like a story game basically investigation yeah uh so the we'll call it the horseshoe club uh investigator uh you you yeah. can i yeah. did all the rest of the work you do the title <laughs> hey hey it's only because you felt passionately about this. i did it um, instantly connected to me i like club i feel like club makes people want to play so maybe like i think just horseshoe club and in the design like in the way we in the way it's drawn and, and advertised you'll know that it's a mystery solving game yeah i mean so yeah my idea for like calling it like the horseshoe club is like the boxcar kids like that's their personal name because they all have that connecting them so like this is the kids club the horseshoe club so okay yeah the horseshoe club is about investigating a murder that strikes your own town it can even be a series it could be a series i love this i would play this game boom all right so we did that in two minutes wow should we give ourselves less time no we don't know no 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 last time it took like 10 minutes per idea i don't think think that's true i don't think that's true we'll 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 figure it out but all right tell me when you've got the next three words got them all right starting okay it is stretch domination poem I'm not getting anything for these. <laughs> this <laughs> what? Stretch domination poem. All right. Well, let's move domination to thinking about world domination, like maybe a risk style game. Okay. Um, but you're a poet. I'm just roll. I'm just. I'm just vibing. I'm just talking out loud here. <laughs> okay. No, I I kind of like this. So, um, I mean the stretch. So this is a bit of a stretch, but doom. Put a rim shot in there uh-huh, uh-huh. for for post. Um, <laughs> the stretch is you can overextend your forces. You can stretch your forces too far along the world. And I say forces. I was going to say but this game is about poetry. This is about this is about peacefully conquering the world through art and poetry. So would the mechanic be actually creating poems? Is the question. <laughs> or how are you? How are you dominating the world through poems? I guess is is now the question we might have to face all right so you have you have poets you have like your empire right you're spreading out throughout the world all it's not really an empire but like so you have you have a map oh go ahead yeah i didn't anticipate you'd have like an army of poets it's like you are a poet and you're getting the poems you write to the people in a way that like influences their actions and thoughts and beliefs like real poetry. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. That could work. Maybe. So you have a map and the map is divided up into territories and you have to yourself go into those territories and write poems that will bring people to peace I mean, and enlightenment. Or the whatever. more we talk about it, the more it's basically just the like story arc of um, Jaskier from The Witcher. <laughs> 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 exactly yes and <laughs> so the the mechanic i'm into seeing is you would actually write the poems although wow it, it would be so would you get is, like points for rhymes and things like that points for rhymes and the so i'm imagining it more like mad libs okay okay yes each each slot will have some words that you can pick from and to to add a little tension gameplay to it Maybe the words are bouncing around. So you actually have to like click the word and you might miss and accidentally click another word. But like wow. you have to pick the most fitting word that these people will like. So this is getting a lot into but I digresses kind of. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How much time do we have idea. left? Uh, we have two minutes and 12 seconds left. Okay, okay. So 
so yeah, you, you build the poem, you fill in the blanks by clicking words around the screen, and then it gives you a score. And if you hit a certain score, you have convinced the people have come to your side. That's my idea. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I mean, there's definitely ways we can expand it, but for now in our rapid fire, we just need a name. Ooh, this is the part I'm worst at. <laughs> Poet. Poet, poetry, poems. I'm trying to come up with a pun of using poet somehow, but like. Poemans, poet omens, no. Wow. So what I came up with was poet to the people. And I don't know what that is riffing off (laughs) of. Power to the people. Oh, (laughs) okay. Maybe poems to the people because you're trying to get poems to the people. Okay. Poems to All the people. Right. I think that's great. I think we're Boom. going with it. Poems to the people. Game A number minute two. left to stare, spare. And stare. And stare. Okay, ready? I'm going to generate the next three words. All right. I have to do another one because the middle word was if. <laughs> I don't think that's that, not allowed. That that's doesn't allowed. count. Okay. All right. I've got them. Starting. They're very related. So would like the, like of a tree, would, consultation, quote. <laughs> this just is, makes me think of a carpenter. I mean, this is a spinoff game from B&B, yeah. where you play <laughs> as the contractor that these B&B people have to are using. to give them a consultation and a quote and hope that the quote is within their means to get jobs. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm just seeing this as another tycoon game. Uh, yeah. although the like like I said the opposite end you're yeah boom okay well I think well I think the mechanic here because of the consultation and quote thing is you're you're a carpenter and you have to give like a good enough like you have to like balance the quote giving and like it's good enough for your business but it's not too high for like your customers mm-hmm. like you're not you're not robbing yourself but you're also not robbing them and like balancing that and and gaining different levels of affluent customers right so right and maybe maybe there is a level of balance like like you can kind of willingly spend more like if you really like the people that you're working oh, for yeah. like you can give them a little bit extra loot or if money they on have like one. a lot of influence in the community because it's all you know word of mouth like you oh, want to yeah. have a good reputation with people so if like the mayor asks you to do a project you might put in a little extra you know mm-hmm. yep and then if you hate the people you uh <laughs> over you overprice it and then underwork it. So you yeah. just do an absolute garbage job. Well, yeah. And see, see what the consequences are. There are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go. So let's call it. Um, would you rather. Okay. All right. I'll take it. That's, <laughs> take it. Yeah. Take it. Take it on first try. Okay. Good. Would, would you, you rather. rather? <laughs> would obviously still W O O D obviously just in case okay. that wasn't clear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we did it. That was our our three rapid games. Boom. And less than 15 minutes. So much time to spare. We aced that one. I like how you say, yeah, we did ace that one. I feel okay. like it was much easier than last time. I, I I could be wrong, but it felt like last time took a lot longer. I don't you know, know if so, that's someone true. Someone get but... their stopwatches out in time. Yeah, go, go back, back and listen, to, listen episode to episode one. one. Time it out. Tell us how we did. Yes. Um. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah, we've got no more game designs to talk about today. No, nothing. We're, gotta we're done. Gotta save it for next week. So <laughs> tune so, in next time. Yeah, thank you for listening. And if you liked what you heard, go out there and make, make that, that game. game. <laughs> we did it. All right. We, we can overlap those in post. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>